Welcome to the Masked Man Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Before we get started, we'd like to tell you about the Ringer's YouTube channel. We stepped up our game in 2017 with weekly videos like Cousin Sal's Best Bets, Slow News Day, I may or may not have been on that one, NBA Desktop, which is awesome, no BS, Table Reads, Ron Strowman was one of the first ones who did it, Director's Commentary, and Captain Morgan's Make Believe Casino, as well as our video podcasts and many movies like Take Hunter, Ringer 360, and Claytheism. Coming in 2018, there'll be a weekly video mailbag from none other than Bill Simmons, Mallory Out of a Hat, and a slew of other new digital shows. Don't miss anything. Just go to theringer.com slash video, or even better, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash theringer. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show year-end awards. How are you doing, Dave Schilling? I am so excited to give out some uh, maskies. The ma- that hat is out of control. WrestleMania 8, I man. just sat here looking at my computer monitor as we were starting up, and I look up, and he's wearing a WrestleMania 8 vintage ball cap. Um, looks like somebody went to WrestleMania 8, died, was buried in the hat, and then Dave just dug it up and put it on his head. I wish the story was that cool. I got it from uh, Wrestling for Sale. Uh, shouts to my man. Uh, I also got an ECW hat that was apparently Mike Awesome's. So Mike Awesome, as you know, passed away. Rest in Very peace. sad. Rest in peace. But uh, his old manager uh, contacted Wrestling for Sale and said, I've got all this Mike Awesome stuff that was in his gym. Was it so Bill Alfonso? It was not. <laughs> yeah, daddy. I got all this stuff, Daddy. Come on. Bill Alfonso's whistle. You buy that, too? <laughs> I wish. Uh, there was ECW hats, T-shirts, uh, gym shorts. It's incredible. Uh, highly recommend if you're looking for uh, some stuff from uh, ECW, you go to Wrestling for Sale because they've got everything. Uh, do they have any of that? Uh, any of his that 70s guy apparel? No. <laughs> wasn't, that, was that, wasn't that his name? That, that was, 70s dude? He was that 70s guy, Mike Awesome, and he was also the fat chick thriller. The fat chick he thriller. He had every bad gimmick in WCW. Um, shouts to Wikipedia for when you just Google, I mean, for Google, not even, I mean, this is Wikipedia, but when you Google Mike Awesome, his cause of death is just right there on the main Google page. That's sort of sad. Anyway, speaking of happy things, okay. this has been a great year in professional wrestling. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, we complain a lot, but at the same time, there's been a lot of awesome stuff. Trying to go through and picking the year in awards is actually really difficult. Yeah, I had a hard time this morning right before I came to the studio <laughs> to figure out what I was going to say. A lot of my answers for these awards are lists of four things. So that I, that my deter- I was like, I'm going to decide on the fly, but I'm probably just going to say all four things and then pick one. I thought that was too difficult because there's so much to choose from. I'm not even saying they were the top four. I'm just saying like I, when, when I just started writing things, like scrawling things, and then, well, we'll see. Um, 
We've got a lot of we've got a lot of awards to give out. A lot of them were were uh, submitted to our Twitter account by our faithful fans. Yeah, thanks to all the fans for speaking up and uh, telling us what you wanted to hear on this week's episode. Let's get started. With Let's jump right in with the first category. It's from at Jason Ely one worst storyline. I'm gonna go with Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. It started off so well and it petered out. And then the big blow off was Ooh. a terrible gimmick match. I, uh, I I honestly cannot compete with that. That's that's definitely the worst storyline of the year. What a disappointment! It started off really strongly. Yeah. And I said this I said this on last week's show. But almost all of my awards, when I when it comes down to it, have to do with expectations. Met falling short of expectations. Uh, some of it's really biased. I got really hyped up for a lot of stuff and didn't you know the the show, the match, the feud, whatever didn't. Didn't meet my expectations. Um, we're in the middle of a couple of storylines right now that may fail to meet expectations in pretty spectacular fashion. Yeah, this reminds me, uh, or Bray Wyatt uh, versus Randy Orton reminds me of Shane McMahon versus Daniel Bryan in that it seems a little murky. You don't really know who you're supposed to be rooting for, and it could go a number of different directions, and a lot of those directions could be bad. And I'm hoping that it doesn't end up with a shitty WrestleMania match like this one did. Yeah, it seems a little bit too easy, I feel like, to put Bray Wyatt, any Bray Wyatt storyline into this category because they all fall short of our expectations, but fall flat just in general, even if your expectations are low. Um, maybe we are where we are with Bray Wyatt. I don't, I don't even know. Really? But he's one of my favorite wrestlers. One of my, one of, I've said it before, one of the most legitimately impressive dudes in real life. Um, lives the gimmick, at least like 75% of the gimmick in a way that, you know, I feel like makes him even better. Um, yeah, it's a very <laughs> rare thing that somebody is so committed to what they're doing. You know, and we don't, I'm, I'm, he'll, he'll, we'll mention him throughout the show. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, not, well, no, I wasn't actually talking about Bray. We will mention Bray yeah, over okay. and over again. But if I had to do a runner-up, uh, and this is works on a number of levels, it would be Jinder Mahal. Um, because his pushing him to the main into the title picture w- was a whack idea. Yep. Once they got him there, um, their inability to do anything with him when he was actually one of like two and a half heels on the entire WWE roster and really, really getting heat was even more of a spectacular failure. There's one person who connects both of our our answers. Randy Orton. Hmm. I love Randy Orton, but Randy Orton might not work very well as a babyface. Well, Randy Orton's going to be taking some time off, according to uh, Scuttlebutt. Perfect time for him to turn heel he's again. Going to take. I don't even. I assume he'll be in the Rumble. I don't know, but there was a lot of. I mean, it seems like he's going to get some some serious time off in the beginning of the year. February March is what I've heard. Where yeah. he's just not going to be on the show. Okay, next one uh, from at underscore m underscore rup. Worst call up from NXT. <laughs> You're gonna say worst Twitter handle. You would have won that. <laughs> oh, sorry, bud. Sorry, Michael. I'm going with Ty Dillinger. Not because I don't like Ty Dillinger, but because he's he hasn't been on SmackDown in a long time. I don't even have an answer for this one. I think that's a really smart one. What's the? Who are some other people who've been called up this year? I don't even know. American Alpha. We've got uh, Samoa Joe. We've got, Samoa Joe was not this year, was he? He was the beginning of this year. Oh, I totally left him off of the awards that he should have won for best call up. Yeah. Well, we can we can write him in. Um cuz he I guess since he was just like at WrestleMania that I assumed that he but like it was right before it, right? Huh. He didn't even work a match at WrestleMania. No, 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 but he he was he he wrestled 
he wrestled Seth before WrestleMania at the pay per view before WrestleMania at Fastlane or whatever that yeah. was. Well, he's yeah. I mean, he he's the one who was there when Seth got hurt. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm sure there. I'm sure there is somebody else deserving of a worse call up from NXT award. I I'm just so disappointed in the fact that someone comes up with that much heat and that much energy and that much support from the crowd. And it seems like Vince McMahon doesn't want them chanting 10, doesn't want them, you know, supporting him and keeping him off the show is the best way to kill his heat. Yeah. Makes yeah. no sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to go off of expectations, you can make a case for, for some, you can make a case for the revival. They came up with a lot of heat or a lot of hype and then just got hurt. Yeah, but that's, I think injuries versus bad booking um, separate those two. I, I don't want to blame the Revival and give them this award because it wasn't their fault. They they just had really bad luck. Well, it's not Ty Dillinger's fault either. It's, you know, that's right. That's true. But he was, he's been healthy. He's been available. And they just haven't used him. Yeah. I mean, shouts to the, you know, to... Ruby Riot, who I mean, there's, there's, she's nipping at his heels right now. She, there's still, we still have time. Yeah. She hasn't spent enough time being a bad call up. Okay. What's the next category? The next category from at J Can Dance, worst promo of the year. I'm going with Bray Wyatt in the Sister Abigail makeup. <laughs> wow. That was grim. That was pretty grim. Um, that's better than my answer, which was Bobby Roode not knowing how to speak English. Like three <laughs> that was weeks, a bad one too. Ago. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of bad promos. The lifetime, the, the the lifetime achievement award here, obviously, is is a Roman Reigns thing, even though he's been a lot better on the mic. Yeah, well, uh, Titus O'Neil also was pretty bad for a long time, and he got much better. A lot of people are pretty bad. We talked about this last week. We should maybe. Uh, Maybe reevaluate how we do this sort of thing. Everybody's gotten better, just not everybody's good enough yet. Sure, but there's people have ceilings. They're only going to get so far. Very true. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give a worst promo honorable mention to. Uh, I mean, this is t I'm totally trolling right here, but um, you know Bray Wyatt and Paul Heyman, I think for me are sort of the tie because they, they you got to mix it up, you got to figure something out. Yeah. Okay, next one is um, best match to open a pay-per-view. That is from at King Celery Man, who gets the award for best Twitter handle. Uh, I said Usos versus New Day uh, in Hell in a Cell. I had the exact same answer. You that match was awesome. That was a match of the year candidate when Absolutely. that opened a show. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Shane glad McMahon and AJ Styles was my number two from WrestleMania. <laughs> But, I mean, that was a really great... I'm, I mean, the, the list, of, the list of, po of options here is pretty slim. Yeah. I mean, not slim, slim, but and that was a huge, huge match. Um, the difference between those two is that Uso's New Day had a lot of expectations, very high expectations, and they met them. I would Shane say, McMahon, AJ Styles had very little expectation behind it and exceeded that very low bar. Oh, I would go the other way. You, you, think, think, you just don't expect much out of Shane. I mean, that match got so much hype, and AJ Styles is so great that I was expecting that to be just an epic match. And I think that there's the, the Uso's and the New Day... I, I think there was an, an, a question as to whether or not they just like already, you you know, emptied the bag of tricks and they managed to have just an epic match, man. Really, really great stuff. 
Okay, next one. Most likely NXT star to be a future world champion. That is from at Falls underscore Lamont. I said Samoa Joe. It seems like an inevitability that Samoa Joe Wait, is going to be the, I, a world champion. I took this to mean current NXT star. Oh, oh, that's a good point. Uh, and my answer, he, and I will speak of him several times during the show, I think, was uh, Alistair Black. I think he's ab- the absolute truth and will be a huge part of our lives for years to come. Also, when I wrote it down, just to abbreviate it, I just put Al Black. And that, for some reason, now I'm, that, that every time I think of him, I just think... The R&B star, Aloe Black? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Al Black is a great, like, that's he's gonna that's going to be his his name when he's, like, working the indies That's in a WCW years. jobber name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, so then if that's if that's the case, then I'm going to revise my answer, and I'm going to say Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Cole's a great one. I mean, NXT right now is... is suddenly stacked again the only issue for adam cole is his size is he going to be big enough for mm-hmm. vince mcmahon to take seriously because he could easily have finn balor syndrome and come in and be a huge star and then vince mcmahon say i don't know about this guy i, I think uh, the, the, as the, the and we've said it so many times as the roster gets smaller and smaller it's going to matter less and less but at the same time if you're putting guys like tommy and Enzo onto 205 Live, and you're going to make it a touring show, scrap the name. Forget it. It's not 205 Live. Just make it a brand that's just like, and we know that they don't have to say it out loud, that it's roughly weight class, you know, roughly size that is the designation. Put Chad Gable on the show. You know? Put, put, put I mean, it would be, Adam Cole could be the Ric Flair of a sub-promotion like that. We've talked about this before. The X Division is a template for this. You don't have to call it that. You don't have to have them take crazy bumps all the time, but that's what it is. I think Adam Cole is not going to be restricted by his size as long as, you know, they, they're they just a little bit careful about it. Yeah. The problem with Cole, and, and we, you know, we said this before, is like my, my metric is like it's okay to be short, but it's less okay to be miniature. <laughs> and he just sort of looks like half of Randy Orton. Yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. He looks like Randy Orton in a lot of ways. He's got that sort of sinewy body, but, but he's, he's not tall. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Next category. Next category. From at Gildan K. Kirk, most pointless angle. I said the fashion files. I think we all liked the fashion yeah. files when it started. We thought it was really funny. Brizango is great in these skits, these segments. But this... But it went nowhere. This is totally about expectations versus yeah. reality, it right? Built up I mean, to a if you talk about a, a pointless angle, yeah. I was, mean, my answer is, and I'm swear I'm getting this out of my system here is the Riot Squad. I mean, it was literally a an angle that didn't make any sense. There was no point to it, and a carbon copy of something that was done better on another show. Well, that's just it. Yeah. What's the point? I mean, if if it's a what's the, what's the point in doing the same thing but worse the next day? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I did. Okay, next one at I like Aza Aza best WrestleMania moment that was not at WrestleMania. Oh, easy one for me: Roman Reigns versus John Cena at No Mercy. We were there for that match. It had a ton of heat. It felt epic. Maybe it didn't live up to your expectations sure. from a work weight, work rate perspective, mm-hmm. but it felt like a WrestleMania we had, caliber match. We had more giant matches that, I mean, whether or not they fell short, they all did, but more WrestleMania caliber matches this year than I can, than we can count. Yeah, because they're just blowing through these these huge pairings. My 
answer is a little bit more ephemeral, uh, more of a moment than a match. It's the reunion of the Shield. That should have been a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a WrestleMania moment. I'm glad they did it when they did it, you yeah. know? but And it wasn't even booked to be, like, the biggest moment of all time because they let it trickle out over a couple of Raws. But, I mean, that is, you know, when we look back and say we had a Shield reunion in 2017 – it, it exists in your mind like a supernova, even if in reality it was a couple of episodes of Raw and then a lot of guys getting the mumps or tricep surgery and matches with Cesaro. Yeah, it, it's, it's a missed opportunity. And here's another category that you could potentially slot this into. At Ryan M. Daniels uh, suggested most promising storyline that was never paid off. You could easily slot the shield into here, but what I'm going to say is Finn Balor's pursuit of the universal title. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, that, that's obviously a really big one. Although, you know, I kind of feel like that's the way that, the, I'm not totally shocked with the way they've handled I, I wish that Finn Balor would have gotten a bigger push at his comeback, but they have to kind of acknowledge that he was, you know, that he's back and wants his title. That's what you say when you come back, you know? At the same time, it's stretching the limits of credibility that he hasn't even had a match for the title, that he hasn't even come close to it. He's been in a number one contender match, uh, and he didn't win. But at the same time, you got to just, like, get it out of the way. Yeah. Just have him lose on a Raw. Don't have him lose at a big pay-per-view. Have him lose on a Raw. All right, let's pop into the major, like, the big category. Before we get out of here really quick, there's a couple of reader submissions that I liked that I just oh, want sure. to throw in. And actually, I bring one up because uh, because it relates to a, your, you know, you picked Samoa Joe for the NXT category earlier. Somebody asked who's the, the someone who's never won the world title that you think is going to win this year. And you're going to say Samoa Joe? Well, no, I thought you might say Samoa oh, Joe. well. If he's the most likely NXT star. Now, I picked someone who has won a... a, a, a major championship before, but not the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Ooh. and that is Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens is going to win the WWE title Kevin this year. Kevin Owens, is it, would, he, would he be the only modern Grand Slam champion? Has anybody, has anybody won WWE Universal Intercontinental in U.S.? No, because there's only been, what, right, it's only four, been from, three Universal Champions? Four yeah. Universal Champions. Huh. Goldberg... Who never won Le- the WWE title. Right. Lesnar. Lesnar. Never won WWE. Well, well no, yeah. No, so Lesnar is the only one. But he's never won the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns has not won the Universal title yet. So, right. isn't it? so it's we've got those two, Finn Balor and uh, Kevin Owens. Those are the only Universal champions. Those I, four guys. My guess for someone who's never won any, either world title, yeah. either top tier title, uh, who, who was going to win in 2018, I think that... Uh, if I had to place money on it, I'm gonna go with Bobby Roode winning the WWE title at some point before during before Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I'm not saying before or after. I just think that Bobby Roode, between his, between how people liking him backstage, uh, the way the crowd loves him, and his age, frankly, he's gonna get a run this year. He's gonna get a shot. Who knows if he's gonna win? If I had to pick a dark horse, it would be Rusev. Oh man, that's who I have no idea. We might have he might be jobbing out to Mojo Riley at WrestleMania, but in the meantime, he's on the cusp of a certain sort of you know, a certain sort of over that is rare. Yeah, we slobbered all over him last week, uh, for good reason. I mean, he's fantastic. I hope that it happens. 
I'd be elated if it happened, to, to use his catchphrase. What a Rusev day that would be. Maybe the greatest Rusev day of all time. Oh, man. That would be it. That's, 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 that's the Rusev day to end all Rusev days. Let me run through this list one more time to see if there's anything else that you didn't touch on. Kenner's Finest wrote this in. The Bray Wyatt Award for the Biggest Waste of Heat. Do you have, do you, do you have any thoughts on this? I, I have, Ty Dillinger. Yeah, that's, a really, that's a really great one. I went a little bit more straight up. Uh, you mentioned Brizongo earlier. I don't know if you'd exactly call it heat, but they were they they the crowd was eating them up, and there was nothing. You know, there's a ceiling for a certain type of comedy tag team, and you saw Heath Slater and Rhino hit that, mm-hmm. and they had a ton of heat, and yeah, it was a true. really successful storyline that they ran in 2016. Uh, and then it just sort of petered out, and they're still yeah. together, and they're wrestling on main event every that, week. Yeah, they're just runners up in my book. I think that there's I, my my two my two big wastes of heat. I thought were Neville. Yep. I mean, whether or not you put him on the main roster when he's done with two hundred five live or what, but man, that guy was over as a heel. Like like few people are. People were booing a dude doing flips off the top rope. That is important. Yep. You know. And then, frankly. Uh, it pains me to say, but uh, Enzo Amore. Interesting. I I just because think, of the heel turn. Uh, I don't care if it's heel or babyface. The fact I mean, the fact that they couldn't figure out a way to get that guy. He sh- I'm not saying he should have been uh, performing in main events or anything, but the fact that you couldn't figure out a way to get that guy near the main event in the year 2017. He's not a very good wrestler. I'm not talking about wrestling. You know, as like, a manager, let him be a manager. Let him be the. Let him be the James Ellsworth of some storyline. Just do something to get him in the spotlight. I think that he's being used perfectly. I don't. I don't. I don't hate the way he's being used. But for a guy that was getting the kind of response from the crowd he was getting the first half of this year, to be anchoring two hundred five live is a weird thing. I think he needs to be on that show because they listen. Need I wish somebody. they like. I'm happy with. I'm happy with that. I mean. I'm gonna be watch. I'm watching more two hundred five live than I was before he was there. I will be watching more now that Hideo with Tommy's there. I, I like the idea of beefing up that show, but it's at the expense of, you know, using people in other ways. And I, that's just a decision somebody's made. Do you want to keep doing Twitter uh, categories or do you want to come back to those and get to the main, the meat of, of this let's podcast? Go, let's, 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 let's jump into the meat. All oh, right. wait, wait, before we get there, one more thing. Because, yes. we, because our heel producer, Jim, actually has an entry in this one. There you go. At such a sweet boy wants us to say, what's the worst signature move? Oh, Enzo Amore's finisher. Oh, wow. He, he pulls you down and kicks you in the face. I, I like Enzo's finisher. I it's just awkward when he pulls it off. It feels contrived. Mine is actually a pretty similar move that I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of shit for. But Seth Rollins. I was going to be my number two. Yeah. I hate my, that move. My, I don't mind the knee. I just it's like a it's like the Jake Roberts like clothesline. Like it's a setup move. Yeah, it's not a finish. And there's not enough. I, listen, I hate Roman Reigns projecting his finishers as much as the next guy, but I just need like one second more with Seth Rollins to get hyped for that move. It's kind of cool, but it's like you know that knee. It's just a it's a knee. You know, like make it look like a do a little Daniel Bryan stuff. Make it look like a bigger knee. At the end of the day, it's not necessarily about the move. It's about how the other guy sells the move for you. Yeah. And, you know, the DDT or the Stone Cold Stunner isn't necessarily a cool move. Yeah, another guy has to be able to sell. They sell it really well. It's like Donald Trump couldn't sell a Stone Cold Stunner. Linda McMahon couldn't sell a Stone Cold Stunner. But have The Rock do it? Mm-hmm. To have The Rock take it or Vince McMahon or whoever? It looks great. Uh, 
right now, no one really knows how to sell that that knee strike. That's and true. really what that move is, is uh, the setup for the Rainmaker, Okada's finisher, mm-hmm. and the the V trigger, which is uh, Kenny Omega's secondary finisher. Yeah. And all the guys in New Japan know how to sell those moves better than anybody in WWE can sell the knee. It doesn't even have a name. The ripcord. They're just calling it the ripcord now. Who called it that? It's called Corey Graves. <laughs> I'm, I think it's a ripcord. On Monday. Is, I, I can't read my own handwritten, but I believe it to be. Yeah. Or on some Raw in the last two weeks, whenever it was, uh, Michael Cole just called it a knee. He hit a knee. Yeah, the ripcord knee. Is, okay. And well, this is this is dating back to August, so I don't know. This, is, no this is another example of, of Corey Graves being the best because he named oh, no, the triple a, power bomb. Totally, totally true. Jim, heel producer Jim, do you want to get on here and give your uh, yeah. give, <laughs> give your vote for worst finisher in WWE? This well, it's bullshit. not a vote. It's just a fact that the worst finishing move is Finn Balor's. It's called the coup de gras. Coup de gras, awesome. which is a terrible name for it also. It should be called the Irish goodbye mm-hmm. because he's Irish. The Irish exit, yeah. You yeah. could kill somebody by so, stepping no, on whatever. them. Whatever. Anybody could do that, though. It's very uh, Yeah, weak. okay, you can do that and not kill them. And Finn Balor also gets another award from us here at the Mass Man Show, which is worst cell phone connection. Let's hear <laughs> a quick little bit of that. I walked out of Japan and signed with WWE. I have not watched one New Japan match. And... That's not, you know, a knock on anyone. That's just me focusing on what I have to do. That that's a chapter of my life that's over. It's such a shame that, was, that we didn't get to to have that on the show. Yeah, because he had some interesting things to say, and this was right before he got demoted, basically when he was expecting to wrestle Brock Lesnar. Um. Yeah. No. No. It's 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 too bad, and it's it's uh. Yeah, he sounded sort of like the Shockmaster in that interview, and that was that level of a botch on, on Austin. If on the Shockmaster was announcing in the subway, yeah. <laughs> telling you your train was delayed. Speaking of uh, Jim, uh, there is actually a category on here from Twitter that is the Heel Producer Jim Award for Best Heel of the Year. That oh, comes wow. from at Adam underscore Mo. My answer is, as always, The Miz. He doesn't try to be cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I for a second I, I thought we should just rename this with all due respect to our heel producer Jim, not not just the best heel award, but the only heel award because you could kind of count them. There's only one or two. Samoa Joe is a good heel, but he also tries to be cool. Yeah, I mean, and that, I think Samoa Joe meets the criteria of being a heel. Um, yeah, I think that I think a, that the Miz, I think the Miz, who by the way uh, was was named Wrestler of the Year by my buddy. Kenny Herzog, uh, friend of the pod at Rolling Stone. Um, and you can make the, he made a strong case. Um, with all due respect to the Miz. Um, I'm given, I, and, I, and I think that the Miz is a much better wrestler in 2017 than the man I'm going to name, but Jinder Mahal wins my heel of the year award because wow. he got more old school heel heat than anybody has in ages. But is that because of what he accomplished? No, no, no. It's because he is, I mean, it's because people legitimately hated him. Then I can't give him an award for just being hateable. That's why Randy Orton was the best heel in the business because everybody hated him. Okay. Maybe you're right. That's Maybe the way. Right. That's the only way to get over in 2017. Okay. All right. So here are the 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 big ones, the big maskies. Uh, first one, we're going to go with promo of the year. This is not the worst promo. This is the best promo. I loved the Miz John Cena yeah. dueling promo from February 28th, 2017, where the Miz just starts shooting on John Cena. 
Do you wonder why I came back and threw you out? Because I wanted you to feel what I felt for 10 years. If I was really this black arts manipulator, pulling all the strings this close to WrestleMania, you think I would be standing in a ring toe-to-toe, face-to-face with you? I love those two guys together. I think they're a perfect yin and yang of John Cena is a legitimate movie star. Yeah. And The Miz plays one on TV. Plays a movie star on Raw. I think it's perfect. And it's, you know, you have the history of The Miz and John Cena at WrestleMania and how bad that match was and how The Miz never quite could do what John Cena did in the ring or on the mic uh, or in Hollywood. And now The Miz has, you know, kind of climbed that ladder and expects to have some respect on his name, and he's not getting it. And it's just, it was just a great feud. It wasn't a great match at WrestleMania, but it did the job. It was a preamble to a, an angle, the the uh, proposal, the John Cena, Nikki Bella proposal. But those promos were fire. And that was everything that I wish the Roman Reigns John Cena promos were. They were they were trying so hard to sniff the Miz's jockstrap. Yes. That said, my promo of the year is John Cena and Roman Reigns. The first one. The work shoot. Yeah, the, the first one. But the thing is, the reason why you don't like me, what irritates you about me, you can't bury me, John. You! Waltz down here and use the same pathetic excuse that every other single person before you has done. You have the gall to blame me. You gotta blame me. Fine, I've been hearing that racket for 10 years and I ain't tired yet. I'm strong enough, I've been called a lot worse by a lot tougher. They boo you because first of all, you suck. I think The Miz deserves to accept this trophy, I mean, along with them, because he, I think he seeded the ground for a lot of what they did. I think there's a lot of things on this list that The Miz is indirectly or directly responsible for that he won't be getting direct credit for. So I don't, I, I actually think that your choice is, is really, really strong. That said, there are only blog posts about raw promos once every five years. And CNN and Roman Reigns, you know, Cena and Roman Reigns achieved that level of cultural saturation. And I, th- I think, you know, it, it could have been better, but it was really, really, it was really excellent. And um, I would love if there was more of that. I will concede to you that it was more impactful uh, on a, just a pop cultural basis. But the Ms. John Cena promos were better because it felt like they really hated each other. And that's what you want from a, from a dueling promo from promos in general is that you want the sense that these two people really cannot stand each other. And when I watch John Cena and Roman Reigns talking about Roman Reigns' suspension and all of these sorts of shady back, back, uh, backstage goings on, I just feel like someone's pulling the strings all the time and it's sure. supposed to feel real, but it feels more kayfabe than anything else. Yeah. I totally hear that. Hey, can I give you guys two little promo of the year? Yeah, sure. One for dueling promos, Mike Lawrence and Dan St. Germain last week when they got on the phone <laughs> making guys fun of excellent. each other. That was fantastic. Well, if you, if you check out Mike's Instagram, he posted that photo about 13 times. So. <laughs> Being made fun of by the only guy who sounds out of breath on a phone call. Uh, 
<laughs> and the other one is uh, Peter Rosenberg having that giant heel Ooh, turn on there you go. Oh. Phenomenal. I'm not phenomenal. mad at that. Hashtag life. Yeah, I'm not mad at that selection at Rosenberg all. is definitely one of the best heels in the business right now. He really is. And that's a compliment for me. Um, he had Enzo Amore on Hot 97 this morning hosting the show. Ooh, that must have been fire. Uh, he did I can't a good, wait to he, listen to it. He did a great Daniel As Bryan we record interview. this. When you're listening to this, it will have been a week ago. Yeah. Okay, next one. Uh, NXT call-up of the year. This is related to other stuff we've talked about, but mm-hmm. uh, more specifically to people that were called up who had the best 2017 of people who came to the roster in 2017. Right. I say Samoa Joe. I did not remember Samoa Joe was a call-up of this year. So... Whereas I think he deserves the award, I'm going to stick with my guns and say Elias. He's, Not really my guns. Stick with my ballot. He's a very close number two for me as well. Uh, I never would have thought that Elias would end up being one of the hottest prospects, hottest acts on the show. Did you see somebody tweeted last week about like all the guys that were in OVW at the same time and he was one of them and he was like right in the middle and uh, or FCW, whatever it was. And I... I looked at it for 10 minutes before I realized that it was Elias. It was, he had, he didn't have a beard, but he had this wispy mustache. He looked like the weirdest looking dude you've ever seen. His muscles were like poking out in weird directions. It was the strangest look. The fact that that guy has put it all together into a, into a package where you're just like, oh yeah, he'll be champion someday. He's a dark horse best heel of 2017. Because that's another old guy. Old school heel, yeah. They've got they've got a lot of old school heels working now in a way they absolutely didn't four months ago. Yeah. The question is, are they going to let old school heels be on the top of the card? There is it, talking about Samoa Joe. There's something I hadn't really put all this together, but the to, there are a lot more heels than there used to be. I mean, honestly, when Ginger's run started. There were no he. There was the Miz and and then Gender, right? I mean, was there anybody else that was like an effective traditional heel? Anyway, we have a handful of them now, and the fact that that Samoa Joe can just sort of seamlessly team up with the Bar, and really the reason is we're both heels is a very like nineteen eighty nine contrivance, but it feels fine. Yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive. I don't know if that's impressive or just like my brain is melted, but it's it feels it, no, like a big move. It's rare that that sort of thing makes sense where it's like, like you said, in the 80s, oh, they just all hang out together because they all hate Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or they're all friends with Ric Flair, so they all hang out together. Uh, it's not something that you see very often, but having a strong babyface team like The Shield allows that to happen on Raw. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe neither of us mentioned Roman Reigns for Heel of the Year. <laughs> He's but, gotten a lot better in terms of his babyface stuff. And, yeah. And, uh, though but he like, was working heel with Braun Strowman, kind of. But just talking about, I mean, obviously we have like straight up straight up traditional heels on 205 Live. I mean, that's a, that's a whole parallel universe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the most, a lot of the my favorite wrestlers are sort of heels, but they're just not really. Yeah. They're just not really the same way. They're just, I mean, Kevin Owens is a great heel, but he's also incredibly popular. Yes. Uh, and that's why I'm reluctant to give a guy like him a vote. All right. Baron, next. Shouts to Baron Corbin for being eminently booable too. Oh, yeah. Uh, worst new gimmick. Mine is probably one you can guess. Dolph Ziggler hating sports entertainment is yeah. my worst gimmick of the Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um... I am, I'm, I 
am in I'm I, I'm on Dolph Ziggler Island. Like I I still own property there to <laughs> yeah. borrow all of the Bill Simmons catchphrases. I am I am you're build, on his I'm corner building a new condo in the face of a looming hurricane. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give that the benefit of the doubt until I'm forced to to uh, you know row away, and then I will still keep coming back to the island for every vacation that I have. So I I admire that pick. Um, <clears throat> my selection for worst new gimmick uh, is the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh man, that's a late entrant, but it's a good one. Um, the my runner up, beca- and, and only because I because uh, I'm not quite sure if it fits whatever imaginary criteria we have for new gimmicks, but in just in terms of selecting gimmicks, uh, it, it is booking the Hardy Boys as the Attitude Era Hardy Boys. You can't call a new gimmick an old gimmick. Or an old gimmick a new gimmick. I, I know. That's why it's not my number one choice. Sure. But they but to have waited this long to pull the trigger on Broken Matt Hardy. Sorry, it Woken Matt Hardy. Wasn't their choice. Was it deci- what it wasn't the Hardy's choice. It wasn't WWE's choice. They had potential litigation. They didn't have to make them look like teenagers, like old men wearing their teenager clothes. For six months. That's true. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers are my choice. And I love those guys and hope they figure it out. I got to go with Dolph Ziggler because they didn't even go all the way with it. He still has his music. He They played his music after he won the title. Yeah. At, at, at Clash And of that Champions. little like, we're going to play it for th- three seconds and, and then, then do the f- really bad <sighs> sound effect of the record scratching. Oh, it makes me so mad. And he's he's the worst person Listen, this, to not like sports entertainment. This is... Um, I was really com- convinced... I know it wasn't a shoot, but his his five o'clock shadow was so compelling that I believed that he was really quitting wrestling. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was like um, a lost my smile moment. For it, him, was, right? it was. It uh, was. There's a lot of things that we as wrestling fans fantasy book and imagine. Um, somebody tweeted uh, smartly about Star Wars the other day that it's really hard to be for any movie to be as good as the thing you've just spent the past two years imagining. Uh, wrestling fans have are patient zero for this complex. Nothing's ever going to be as good as fantasy booking. But sometimes you have to admit that like ideas we have when they actually get executed just aren't that functional. And one of those things is like walking out to silence. I fantasy booked that 9 million times over my lifetime. And, and it's worked, you know, there's times where it's worked effectively. But when you realize that the WWE version of that is three seconds of Dolph Ziggler's theme song and then cartoon record scratch, <laughs> you think, oh, maybe just we could have just given him a new song. Or a new there's some song. other ways we could have booked this. Anyway. Anything. Anyway, what's the next category? Oh, you're going to love this one. Best new gimmick. Oh. Easy for me. This is another late entrant that just took the world by storm. Uh-huh. Rusev Day. Mm. Something that just kind of organically happened that people have embraced. Yeah. It's been fantastic. I had that on my list, um, but for me... Same show, same time frame. Um, it's uh, heel Sami Zayn and his partnership with Kevin Owens. Not Owens that, hasn't changed yeah. that much, but putting them together, letting Sami be a heel, um, and letting them be the kind of like faces of dissension on uh, on SmackDown, I think that they're amazing. I mean, just ama- like watching them at Clash of Champions and the ring with... Nakamura and Randy Orton, like they just 
I just was a hundred percent. It was a trash match in a lot of ways, but I, I was a hundred percent in. Yeah, they're fantastic, no question. And um, another sneaky great thing about that whole about that the storyline so far is that we've just like without anybody noticing it, just accepted Nakamura as like a top tier babyface who who's like on the Randy Orton level of just like of course he's one of our heroes. Well, I mean, he beat John Cena. Yeah, I mean, he was super over. He had a great year, but it's just like instead of continuing the his rise to the top storyline, they just sort of like grandfathered him in <laughs> as just an establishment babyface. And I think I, it's actually going to benefit him in the new year. Yeah, I think part of that is just when you're an NXT guy and you've been on top and you basically carried that brand. It's a touring mm-hmm. brand that has to sell tickets. And when you're the champion, you're the star and you're the guy who sells tickets. Yeah. So he's had a run on top at WWE, maybe not on the main roster, but he's an established commodity. They mm-hmm. don't have to. That's the thing that really confuses me the most about the way that they book NXT call-ups is the biggest ones, the the, the ones with the, 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 you know, the, the marquee names. Mm-hmm. They don't need a whole lot. They just need to come out and their music to play. Yeah. And most WWE fans know who these guys are. Yep. Uh, okay, next one. Worst pay-per-view. This might be tough because there's a ton of possibilities here, but I I'm know. going with Extreme Rules Oof. 2017. Yeah. There were. Can you pull up the card? Yeah, I'll do it right now. There were a ton of stinkers on this show. There were some good matches, but... You know, every WWE pay-per-view has one or two good matches. It's just that when the lows are as low as they were on this card. Um, I believe this was the one with the kendo stick match. Yeah, the kendo stick on a pole match between Alexa Bliss and Bayley. Um, Miz Ambrose was actually a pretty fine match. It was fine, but short, and the the stipulation was that one was long. That was if Ambrose had had lost, he would have been, or if he was disqualified, he would have lost I hated that stipulation. It's a dumb rule. That was the Rich Swan and Sasha Banks are teaming up against Ugh. Alicia and, and Noam Dar. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus um, over the Hardy Boys in the cage match. That was a good match. Um, Neville versus Austin Aries in a submission match, which is sort of a weird use of those two, but that was their whole feud was pretty good. I mean, it felt like world changing at the time. Yeah. A little bit forgettable, all, all told. Um, and then. I actually like the number one event. contenders match. Samoa yeah. Joe, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. I was bored to tears by that match. Yeah, that's fine. I think I just I like I like multi-person main events. I don't know why. It's just like when looking back at the year, there were a lot of them, and it always seemed to do it for me for some reason. Um, yeah, my answer to the worst pay-per-view of the year because there are so many just really mediocre, unexciting pay-per-views. I'm just decided to go for the pure troll vote, and uh, I selected the Survivor Series. Because my expectations for it were Mm. not, I mean, were unnaturally high. That's on me, but also on WWE for booking like a WrestleMania style dream card and then giving us, you know, an episode of Raw from before the brand split. I loved Survivor Series 2016. Yeah. Because that five on five match was crazy mm-hmm. and Shane McMahon took a bunch of weird bumps and he got that spear. He was coming off the top and Roman Reigns speared him and almost killed him. Uh, and then the Goldberg Lesnar match was, I was sports entertained hardcore by that. Yeah. I mean, and also, then it, 2017 just didn't live up to it. AJ and, and Lesnar AJ was and Lesnar great. Was great. Yeah. The main event was better than it had any right to be, I guess. Overbooked. Sure. 
significantly overbooked and confusing. But I wanted AJ versus Brock to be even better than it was. I wanted there to be something that happened in the Survivor Series match that actually affected the status quo. Yeah. Um, Basically, everything that happened in that match is something we don't talk about anymore. Yeah. Where's Triple H? I don't know. I... I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed so much of this card, but if it had happened in a vacuum, but um, I need, I needed more. All right. Best pay-per-view. Now, I didn't inform you of this ahead of time, but a lot of these categories. You haven't watched any of the pay-per-views. <laughs> this is where you come out. Not a big wrestling guy. Uh, you know, you can take into account other promotions, NXT. So I chose NXT TakeOver Chicago. Nice. Which had that great tag team title. Match. I just feel like NXT has such a leg up because all you have to do is have like three really good matches. Not that that's an easy thing, but like if you know if this, if Survivor Series had been three matches long, it would have been the best show of the year. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm not going to give it to WrestleMania just because the bar is higher or it's the degree of difficulty is higher for for WWE main roster. Okay, this is a great show. We'll run through this card. So NXT TakeOver Chicago had uh, Roderick Strong versus Eric Young. I enjoyed that match. Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate, which we will, I'm sure, be discussing again in future categories. Match Epic of the match. year, quality match. Uh, Asuka versus Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot. Bobby Roode versus Hideo Itami. Loved that match for whatever reason. And the Authors of Pain uh, versus DIY. And this was the big moment. And that was the ladder match. Yeah, this was the ladder match. It was fantastic. I agree. This was a really, really great card. Oh, man. Now I feel like my, my answer is going to pale in comparison. It's WrestleMania. No, I'm just kidding. Um, is it WrestleMania? No. <laughs> no. I, uh, no, I, no I, had, I had to go with SummerSlam. SummerSlam right. was good. SummerSlam was good. But it's hard. There's not like there wasn't like a giant standout. WrestleMania you could have made the case for again. That's the opposite of a of an NXT show because it's eight matches you don't want to see. SummerSlam did have a standout moment, and that was the title match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was one of my favorite matches of the year. Brock yes. Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman. Um I went into the show, I feel like 100% sure that Lesnar was going to retain and talked myself into literally all of the competitors at some point during that match. Um, it was, you know, it had length, it had upside, Girth. it had, <laughs> had it everything veiny. you want in the main <laughs> event. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, up and down the card, I just like, you know, I've rewatched a lot of these things and, and, and liked a lot of SummerSlam more than I even did at the moment. Um, and yeah, I, I just, you know, Styles Owens, uh, Ambrose and Rollins versus The Bar. Um, that was peak Jinder Mahal when I was, mo you know, most over the moon for him. There's, there's just a lot of really, like, cool stuff. Enzo Amore was, lubed himself out of a shark cage at SummerSlam. <laughs> that was the low point of that show. Yeah, that, was the high, that was the high point for me. Um, and John Cena defeating Baron Corbin, I think was my favorite match of the year. Maybe the, the funniest match of the year because <laughs> Cena was just not taking it seriously and yeah. doing everything he could to bury Baron Corbin. So, but this was just, I mean, WWE was just hitting on all cylinders at this point. There's like the main event was just really, really epic, but, uh, yeah, it was a good summer for WWE. But that was, you know, I, I enjoyed, I, for some reason preferred Neville Tazawa over Neville Aries for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I just like, I just enjoyed those matches in a different way. The Aries matches were probably better. Yeah. But I just like, for some reason, I just like the kind of old school vibe. And then 
you know, we had Usos and New Day were kicking in that fight. I, I just I th- that was a really all around well rounded show that somehow somehow maybe it's because my expectations were low, but it sure lived up to them. So. All right, wrestler of the year. This is a big one. This is not the number one uh, category. Wait, what do we have left? Feud of the year and match of the year. All right. So wrestler of the year. Again, it can come from anywhere. You could, you could, if you wanted to, say Alistair Black. My, my choice here is obvious. It is Kenny Omega, yeah. the cleaner. There's I knew no, you were gonna go the Mark route on this one. It's not a Mark thing. It's just he's he's that good. We're we're talking right now about a guy who is so popular and so good at wrestling that he has made people who wouldn't otherwise care about New Japan watch New Japan. 2018, maybe the biggest match we have to look forward to mm-hmm. is Omega versus Jericho. Yeah. The the fact that you can do that, that you can get Chris Jericho to go to New Japan when he is a multimillionaire, a rock star, <laughs> the proprietor of a wrestling-themed cruise, and a television star in Canada, <laughs> to, 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 to wrestle in Japan for probably very little money. Yeah. Like, he's, there's no question that he is the biggest potential star in wrestling. He's right. not, obviously not the biggest star in wrestling. The biggest star in wrestling is still John Cena. Mm-hmm. But he, if if he plays his cards right, he could be on that level. At yeah. Point. Listen, love Kenny Omega. Love everything that he did. I think he's a very deserving winner of this. I think it's a little bit of the NXT corollary. If NXT was, if I, if you only watch NXT, like eight up or eight or ten episodes a year, and then watch the takeover events. But for some reason, but people kept telling you that NXT was more important than WWE. Then you know you would think the NXT champion was the greatest wrestler in the history of mankind. Part of it's just a perception thing. I think. I think he deserves all the praise that he gets, though. And I hope that he's. I hope that we see him over stateside someday, or maybe not. We just I hope he has the career that he wants for himself. I stuck with WWE for this. I didn't even consider Kenny Omega. No knock on him. I just was thinking of this as a WWE award. So, <sighs> this is difficult. The Miz, we discussed earlier, uh, had a really strong year. Alexa Bliss, you could make a case for? No, oh, I would not. Um, I thought that Braun Strowman had an all-time year. There's a lot of, a very specific kind of year, but I mean... You're handing out awards. This is this might be one of those things where we look back and we say, how did we not give the award to Braun Strowman after the year that he had because he's now the president of the United States of America? I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking back at twenty the end of 2017 from like 20 years in the future. Listen, man, other than Alexa Bliss, you've named worthy candidates for this award. Mm-hmm. But if we're just talking about WWE... No, 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 I'm not there yet. I have, I have two more names. I'm just saying I know that there's only one answer to this question. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna get it wrong in your eyes. Then. I'm sure. My runner-up for wrestler of the year is AJ Styles. What? What? He had he did more important things than anybody else on the roster in a lot of ways, but he's on SmackDown, and that's a WWE problem, and he's taking the, the hit for that. The wrestler of the year of 2017 is Roman Reigns. Get out of here. A hundred percent. Are you joking? <laughs> I am trolling, but I'm not joking. This is ridiculous. He's Roman had, Reigns had a good year. He had an excellent year. And okay. seeing an episode of, I mean, I know he had the mumps, but watching Raw on Monday night, his absence was glaring. And in a way that, 
here's the thing. He is the WWE. And as much as shit, as much shit as he deservingly, not he doesn't deserve it, as WWE deservedly takes for the way that they've overbooked him and everything else. The fact is, after all of this time, it's finally worked. It's finally taken. We talked about talked about Nakamura kind of getting grandfathered into being like a in the stable of of nonstop. I mean, of of like established baby faces on SmackDown. Somehow, after just insisting and insisting upon Roman Reigns for so long, he really is just like the most important wrestler in WWE. Yeah, he's grown into that role. Obviously, he has when they great dis- matches. Like, yeah. look, look at his 2017. He's had so many. He had so many of the best matches in WWE. He made Braun Strowman. He did. He made Braun for absolutely. Yeah. That said, AJ Styles deserves to stand right next to him up at the up at the. Uh, you know, this isn't just like a first and second place. It's one A and one B. AJ Styles has had a year that. I'll say this for both of those guys. Both of them have had 2017s that I would have thought would be literally impossible in WWE in 2017. To have somebody like AJ Styles who has had a level, the level of work rate that he has consistently uh, for an entire calendar year, I didn't think that would, we'd ever see that. At least not, you know, without a minor, I mean, like a major shift in the company's, in the status quo of the company. And... Roman Reigns, I just, I, I honestly thought there was no way he could ever be as good and compelling as he was this year. I Expectations. Just, yeah. I went into 2017 knowing that AJ Styles was the best wrestler in the world. I didn't think Roman Reigns was going to have a year like he's had. He had a great year, but I don't think Roman Reigns had a match as good as Cena Styles at the oh, Royal no. Rumble. I don't think he absolutely had, not. I don't think he could carry Shane McMahon to a three or four star match. I don't think that he could carry Jinder Mahal to a good match. Absolutely not. I th- and I think if you, I think if you reversed their roles, if you gave them e- each other's matches for the entire year, um, I actually think you can make the case that AJ would have had less of a good year. I think there's a certain element to which AJ Styles pulling great matches out of the asses of other people on the roster and toiling in relative anonymity on SmackDown. It has hel- helps his profile. Part part of I don't mean that as a knock on the guy. I just mean it's it's almost like Kenny Omega. It's just like like we're he he's doing amazing things sort of out of the spotlight and being in the spotlight is difficult. Part of what you could say gives AJ Styles a bit of a ding to his resume for 2017 is that that whole summer period with the U.S. title wasn't amazing. Yeah. It was fine. But Kevin Owens is uh, someone who maybe didn't quite live up to the Well, that match should have been the greatest match of all time. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a, it's an expectation. Kevin Owens, are we sure he's good? <laughs> so if we're going to steal <laughs> Bill Simmons' yes, catchphrases. I am sure that I am sure that Kevin Owens okay. is good. But let me just say this. Since we're talking about 2017 in total... Do you think that Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho at WrestleMania lived up to your expectations? No. Do you think that no, Kev- but okay. Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles? That angle overall lived up to my expectations. Sure, but the match itself. At the end of the day, wrestling is nah, about I don't at the, the end match. Of, it's true, but on some level we're we're not just even weighing this against I mean, it's hard to it's hard to think of that match and not compare it to the Kenny Omega Jericho match that hasn't even happened yet. So I, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying that in a vacuum, that match was, it had the benefit and the detriment of following Shane McMahon versus yeah. AJ Styles. Yeah. And it didn't. Wait, didn't is that keep, the match that Vince McMahon hated? Yes. <laughs> that is the saddest thing I've ever seen. 
I wish I didn't have to see that. Because mm. you know that happens every single night when yeah. they film TV. He's sitting there and someone's like, did I do a good job? And he's like, nope. God, that must be heartbreaking. It Imagine be really- if you went to Bill's office after every single piece of art that you commissioned or every yeah. piece that you wrote or every podcast and you were like, was it good? And he's like, nah, nah, not good. That would suck. Yeah. We're off track though. We're off track. Okay, I think I'm going to make you happy with the next category, which is feud of the year. All right. There is no question in my mind what the answer to this one is. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Easy. Yeah. It was fantastic. It made me love WWE at a time when the show typically isn't very good. Yeah. I mean, listen, the most important thing a wrestler can do in a lot of ways after putting on good wrestling matches is putting other wrestlers over. Yeah. I think this goes. This 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 is argues in favor of my uh, coronating Roman Reigns as wrestler of the year. But I I have to agree. I think that was that was a feud of the year. Now listen, I think the Jericho Owens thing was uh, right up there. The best stuff with that happened in 2016. That's though. true. But you know they it, it climaxed. In 2017. In 2017. Yeah, the the festival of friendship. And they, you got You got to give it credit one year or the other. You yeah, know? you got to yeah. let things. Um, I think it, there's no way we can talk about this category without talking about the New Day versus the Usos, sure. which was very sort of old school in its way. It was a feud about having wrestling matches and occasional uh, battle raps, <laughs> um, but uh, it was. A feud that talk about expectations. If you had told me the New Day and the Usos are going to feud for like eighteen months again, uh, yeah, I would have just like taken a nap. But they they managed to make it really interesting. The Usos' and, new characters are probably on the list of best new gimmicks of twenty. Is that twenty seventeen? Uh, maybe not. Day one ish was just this year. It might have been. I I forget when they. Good thing we prepared Ill. for this podcast. Um, I have a child. Okay. So do I. I. I did enough preparing. Uh, but I'm with you. Roman Reigns, uh, I actually I actually had New Day Usos as my number one because I had Roman Reigns in the previous category, but I think that the, the right answer is Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. To really have, to, to accomplish getting Braun Strowman over and also somehow rebooting Roman Reigns in the silliest but best possible way. I don't know. It all it all seemed to just work perfectly. It was enough of them leaning into him being heelish without him turning heel. The matches were great. Uh, Strowman found uh, the ability to cut great promos during mm-hmm. this. There was a lot of uh, vehicular chicanery, uh, which is always fun to do in wrestling. And the mark of a great feud is when it's over and you say, I want more. How often do you can you say that with WWE when these guys wrestle so often? Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns wrestled a lot, and I would still gladly watch. Oh yeah, for a sure. Raw main event of those two. I think Roman Reigns, week. Roman Reigns, kind of working heel, also working the sort of like Kenny from South Park angle for the number of. I mean, it was there was just a lot of you wouldn't quite call it character development, but just sort of acknowledgement that there is a little bit more complexity to the guy. Yeah, there's a darkness to Roman Reigns that will never go away in a way that you could scrub the sort of edges off of John Cena and make him just a Superman character. You can't do that with Roman Reigns. I guess, pun intended, Superman, Superman Punch. Uh, He's always going to seem kind of devious or kind of cocky or kind of shitty. 
So and they found they found that part of his character in this feud. So I'm hundred uh, percent behind that one as feud of the year. Yep. Last one, match of the year. I went outside of WWE again and I chose Omega Okada two from Dominion. Oof, I love that match. That match was great. I think it was probably well the first one's the best one. Let's be fe- let's be fair. When you, when you talk about Flair Steamboat. I think a lot of people say that the second one is the best one. But in this mm-hmm. case, I think the first one is the best one. And the third one was good, but the third one, you could tell it was just building to Kenny getting his win. Sure. Um, and that's fine. It just felt like a fait accompli because of that, because it's the third one, it's a blow off, and he's got to go over. Um, but this, I mean, how long was it? That was like over an hour, close to an hour. They just beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a cheap finish, it felt right to do that finish. Yeah. Because uh, it was so epic up to that point. Uh, that it, those, those two sold so well that like, totally it ending in the way that it did felt appropriate. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. That's on my list, actually. Yeah. Um, I have like 15 matches on my list. Well, what do you think is number one? I don't know, man. <laughs> This is I had that match on my list. I had, we talked about SummerSlam. Summer I had yeah. the main event, Lesnar, Strowman, Joe, Reigns. Uh, that's on there. Um, TakeOver Orlando, Authors of Pain versus DIY versus The Revival. There you go. That was a great match. I was there for that. Um, Shane AJ, AJ Cena. Those are both great matches. Tyler Bate versus Dunn. We talked about that. We should talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, uh, t- it's it's really one of. I mean that that is that isn't definitely in the top. Before we talk about that, let me let me mention a couple of honorable mentions that don't actually deserve to be discussed at great length. Um, somebody tweeted and asked us, "What's like the what was the moment that made you feel like a little kid again?" Or like whatever. This didn't really make me feel like a little kid, but the my irrational my irrational favorite match. I think I mentioned it on the show when it happened. But where I was just totally sucked in and I was just like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I'm as happy as I've ever been, was the July 12th taping of NXT where Aleister Black fought Kyle O'Reilly when we thought Kyle O'Reilly was just coming into job and did lose, but like put on a good match. I loved that match more than I like I was texting people during the match, which is not a thing that I do. I it was like it was so great. Um that's there. Um uh, there was a lot of good. There was a lot of a lot of that same feeling and a lot of the May Young classic matches for me. But I'm just going to put Tony Storm versus Kerry uh, Sane on there. I mean, that's a really really good match from I think that was in the semifinals. Um, Speaking of women's matches uh, that took place at Full Sail, that uh, was that a, it wasn't a ladder match, but the, there was uh, that Oscar multi woman match yes. where she ended up taking that crazy bump. Yep. Yeah, I love that match. A lot of really cool stuff. Uh, Let's see, Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream at TakeOver at War Games. I really loved. That's more of a degree of difficulty thing because Velveteen Dream you can put on list for like best gimmick of the year, and that is a trash gimmick that they, so have, gotten, that they have made work, that yeah. he has made work. Um, and that match got Velveteen Dream. Like that is the clinic on how you get over in losing. He yeah. looked ended up looking great in that match, and Alistair Black is... Flawless in my eyes. Some of the psychology was a little weird. Uh, questions about why not? Why don't you kick somebody in the face when they're sitting down in the middle of the ring? Uh, but th- the story they told up to that point was good. Uh, I thought that 
all the like little goofy things that they did were entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the crowd was hot for yeah. it. Speaking of getting kicked in the head, Nakamura versus Cena on SmackDown. That's a good match. It's right? on my short list. Just of, of matches that like I irrationally love. I realize they don't maybe make it into anybody's top three list or anything, but that oh I love I love that was one near paralysis away from being a perfect <laughs> match. Um so Owens, then Owens and, and Shane I liked too yeah Owens and Shane it's, it's really true Kevin Owens is like the un, untung hero of the year because he had a lot of it was a little bit of up, an up and down year Kevin Owens is one of those wrestlers who really benefits from being given a little bit more leeway to do hardcore stuff I agree uh, whenever he's put in a gimmick match he thrives. I'm like, going to say this. There's very few people who are as good in in-game as Kevin Owens. Yeah. When you, and, and obviously, again, it's an expectations issue. It's going to earn a big in-game. In mm-hmm. Man, when Kevin Owens, when it's like 15 minutes in and Kevin Owens can pull out the cannonball and the frog splash and he's like getting kicked and he's like teetering on his feet but can come back with a big move of his own. Um power bomb his pop-up power bomb is uh, with apologies to randy orton the greatest out of nowhere move in professional wrestling today he just doesn't win with it enough that's he's a he is a weaselly heel and yeah. that is a that is an ongoing concern but he he does a lot of stuff really well oh yeah but i think for me the wwe w the ah, i'm so so this is so tough um pete dunn versus tyler Bate. I cannot give it to, but let's we can talk about it because <laughs> well, I think this is the same thing as this, uh, like giving Kenny Omega wrestler yeah. of the year, right? Yeah, it was a match that like everyone was like, "Watch out, this is going to be match of the year," and then it was everything that you hoped it would be, but still expectations were relatively low. It was the second match on a takeover card. I mean, come on, it was, but that is like people are making the case for that, and then it's on, and it's right up there with me because it's a pretty, it's on, it's. It's a pretty perfect match. They worked a match that you couldn't work in WWE. Yeah. I mean, there's a question of whether or not you could even do that in NXT proper. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they went out there and they're just like, we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. And they did. The, a lot of the headbutts and, and strikes looked far more dangerous than I'm sure they actually were because they're professionals. But, uh, I mean, they looked heinous in the way that WWE strikes don't look that, like, bad. Like that painful. And that's uh, Kenny Omega throws knees and and does strikes that look so painful. And he's one of the best workers in the world and doesn't hurt people. But there's a softness to the WWE style that you notice. And and so it's like apples and oranges almost. No, it's totally true. Speaking of the softness of the WWE style. um, Give it to me. What is it? My match of the year. Despite hating the outcome at the time. Um despite it being many, many months ago, is John Cena, AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. It was so good. It was so good. And I've never been more happy to see, you know, an established main event star beat an up-and-coming WWE superstar. An up-and-coming 36-year-old. He's older than that. He's 37. (laughs) He's old. Uh, John Cena deserved to win that match. He needed to go over. I thought it was great. And then the Elimination Chamber I thought was fun the next month. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a trilogy of matches that is up there with some of the best of all time. I'm sure as people get a little bit more perspective and distance from it, 
yeah. people will appreciate it more because it seems like people have forgotten how good those three matches were because yeah. they don't talk about them the way they talk about Omega and Okada being as good as Flair Steamboat. Like those matches are great. Yeah. Um, we got a couple more since we seem to have some extra time. Okay, I have a, there's more matches that I forgot. Oh. Don't don't even. I'm not even gonna say. Them. Keep going on the next. I'm just saying that like yes, I know I'm leaving things out. Ashka and hey, well, Like there's there's a lot of yeah. stuff on here that we could have talked about. All so right. we got a couple. Jim says we got to get out of here, but we got a couple more fan submissions that I just want to very quickly okay, run through because we have some time. Uh, at Mr. Brendan twenty three, moment of chicanery of the year. I had to get my gimmick in here. Uh, he actually suggested the one that I'm going with, which yes, is it's ab- there's no there's question no question. About this. Great Kali interfering in the Punjabi prison match and then never showing up on wrestle on WWE television again is by the way so ridiculous to me. Yeah, no, not not even just that. It's he he was added to the WWE roster like 13 seconds before he showed up on WWE.com and then just so summarily taken off the next day. <laughs> like it that's it's pretty impressive. Uh, you brought this one up uh, at a Beck 812 moment. I screamed in glee like a wee child. Uh, you said uh, that what was it? The Alistair Black match. Alistair Black, Kyle O'Reilly match. Yeah, I said Sasha Banks winning the women's title over yeah. uh, Alexa Bliss. That's a really good one. Right before SummerSlam. Uh, I always pop hard for uh, Sasha Banks, and uh, I did here again. Uh, Okay, let's see. We got one last one, and appropriately enough, uh, it is the We Gotta Get Out of Here Award. Oh. From at Blake Moe. And we do do gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. It's the award for the wrestler you most want to see leave WWE and go off to success in Japan or the Indies. All right. You want to go first? I got three answers. Oh, great. Um, one, uh, I, w- the first one and the is the most straightforward one, and that's Neville. Yeah. I would love to see him. There's no reason why he, he couldn't be near what Kenny Omega is. I don't even qualify him or classify him as a WWE superstar. He's on the anymore. roster. He's basically gone. Um, and that was the only, that was the only caveat with yeah. him. Um, my, the, the guy I would have picked, uh, the, the, I mean, listen, it's hard to predict the guy that I'd be most interested in seeing, uh, would be Dolph Ziggler. Oh, interesting. I think Dolph Ziggler could flame out spectacularly in Japan and on the Indies, but (laughs) there's, but on the off chance that he would, that he could like actually be one of the greats. I told you, I, my, my, uh, Ziggler Island, house is in deep, dire need of renovation and uh i i would love that but wait do you, and i have one more yeah, yeah. one Go for more it, buddy come on let's hear it and this is a selfish one both i because i'd be interested in seeing it but also just because actually kicking them out of wwe and giving them and making them work in japan and the indies would mean we would actually get more wrestling out of him my answer is john cena Wow. John Cena does not work stiff enough. Wouldn't you love to see him try? No. <laughs> I think I it would, would it. be terrible I for his want- legacy. Dolph Ziggler is a, a an interesting choice because he'd immediately come in with massive heel heat in sure. Ring of Honor or in New Japan or anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a, a world champion in Impact Wrestling if he wanted to be. Uh, but... The reason why he's interesting to me is because he also has the chops to to back up going to a place 
with sure. a little bit more freedom where he can work a different style. Yeah. I think he would be great because he can wrestle. Yeah. He's a really, really strong worker who doesn't necessarily get to live up to his potential in the confines of where WWE sees him on the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neville is a no-brainer. Mine is the architect, Seth oh. Rollins. You know what? I think that, I mean, I can't disagree with that at all. I, I would let, let just make Seth Rollins go to Japan for six months just like to come back with that hard edge that he's sort of like lost after the knee injury, you know? Yeah, I want to see him working really athletic, crazy matches. Obviously, that's not great for his body. He's going to have a longer career in WWE. Fewer matches, though. Well, you work a lot fewer matches if you're in New Japan. Yeah. Uh, maybe not during the G1, but, you know, throughout the year, you're not on TV every single week. Yeah. But if you're working an indie schedule, you got to work a lot. That said, his his price tag on the indies would be very <laughs> high, so he probably wouldn't have to work very much. But I would love to see him with the, with the the shackles off. I will say this right now. Seth, if you're listening, I know you are. He's not. Okay, he is. If you leave WWE, walk away from it, I will personally, well, I'm not going to say I'm going to book my own indie show, but I will put up the money to get you on a local indie show. There you go. That's and a lot of money. How much do you think it'll be? 20 grand. Maybe there's no way he's charging 20. I take back everything that I said about <laughs> Seth Rollins. I will personally start a Kickstarter to get Seth Rollins in PWG. If you if he goes on, we need to get somebody in here like a Ryan Satin who really knows how much these guys are charging. There was a whole thing about when um, Emma went like got future endeavored. Yeah. How she was asking some ungodly headliner amount for her first appearances. And it ended up she wasn't really asking for that much. And there was a whole like, let's just get a rationally outraged moment on the Internet for a while. Well, obviously, women in wrestling don't get as much. I feel like it was like five thousand (sighs) dollars. Dude, I don't know how much they how much they charge. But Seth Rollins is a former WrestleMania main eventer. He's a former world champion. He's going to make more than Emma. For his first few appearances, sure. We, before we go, we are tiptoeing around the most obvious answer besides Neville, and that is Daniel Bryan. Daniel oh, Bryan going to Ring of Honor. But he's, he's busy. He's going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. Oh, boy. I still don't think so. I don't either. Uh, Believe it when you see it. This is what we're talking about this whole episode. Managing expectations. Yeah. As long as you're fantasy booking Daniel Bryan into every main event, you're never going to enjoy a main event. It's true. Um, <laughs> Why did people uh, shit all over the Royal Rumble that one year? Because he wasn't in it. Yeah. And the reason they couldn't put him in is because everybody had built themselves into a frenzy about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, fantasy booking is why he main evented WrestleMania 30. I know. It's the pluses. It's the power and the and the and the drawbacks at the same time. Well, what a 2017 this was, David Shoemaker. Maybe the best year of my life. <laughs> That's a shoot, brother. Um, no, my birthday soon. So there you go. Uh, at that point, it'll no longer be the best year. Of my yeah, life. we. Uh, this is this this podcast is without question the best wrestling podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. We are a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. You're supposed to say that every week. Well, I should just assume Jim's been editing it in every time. He, I mean, I guess he could. <laughs> I'm going to miss my flight, so... Uh, oh, Jim's got to go. Our heel producer, Jim, has to literally get out of here. So thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for all of your listens and tweets and uh, markdom during 2017. <sighs> Apologies to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next year, humanoids. 
Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 